Afternoon guys, um, welcome to another episode of All Things Being Equal. This is the first time I've got to introduce this podcast, I'm super excited today. Um, it's Alex again together with Ranji. So Ranji, what are we talking about today? So we've spent quite a bit of time on uh, residential leases thus far and I thought it'd be a nice change of pace to talk about some commercial leases. Okay. So we are talking today about bringing to an end a commercial lease. And generally speaking, uh, business tenancies will be protected by the uh, Landlord and Tenant Act of 1954. And under that act, a tenant will have a security of tenure and the right to extend their lease, except in very limited circumstances. And today we're going to focus on the general rights to extend a lease and in, a, in another episode in the near future we'll have a look at the circumstances in which the landlord can challenge the grant of a new lease. So I guess we can kick off with an introduction to the Act itself. Alex, do you want to give us a bit of a, a lowdown on Certainly. the 54 Act? I'm happy to provide a lowdown on the 54 Act. So the 54 Act grants security tenure when certain conditions are met, uh, namely it has to be a business tenancy has to be a tenancy and not a license, has to be for a term over six months, uh, for example, anything more than a fixed term of six months. Um, there are some tenancies which are excluded uh, by statute, for instance, agricultural tenants and service tenancy. Um, a service tenancy would be one where um, the properties are provided to employees. Um, it's also possible for the parties to contract out of the Act prior to entering into the tenancy. If certain criteria are met, uh, then the tenant will have security and they'll have a right to renew the tenancy on the expiry of a term. Okay, so just picking up a few points there. So business is fairly wide in the sense of as long as a, a tenant is conducting business from the premises, Quite right. uh, I think that would probably catch it. I mean, if you have someone who deals with uh, lettings of residential properties and so it has a, a lease of residential properties which it sublets I don't think that comes in under a business tenancy but if the residential part is included uh, with the commercial part and the, the, the tenant uses the whole of the premises and, and for example has um, employees living upstairs then I think that would probably come in under the act, the, the, the entirety of the demise. Yeah, I, um, I think tenancy not a licence is um, Obvious, given the fact we're talking about security of tenure. Yeah, absolutely. And in the six months, so yeah, if you haven't got a six-month tenancy, then you're not going to find yourself protected under the Act. And we also, you also talked about parties contracting out of the Act. So there's a specific process, we won't go into it in a great deal of detail, but there is a specific process, and if that's not um, done correctly, then the parties will, or the, the tenant will have security of tenure. Yeah. So um, if, yeah. well, if you are going to contract out the act you have to do so properly quite I was going to say from memory I believe there's quite a few statutory declarations that need to be signed there is a statutory declaration yeah um, and the, the lease will express, expressly provide that it's contracted out of the act um, and then the tenant will have to be given the opportunity to seek independent legal advice on, on those or that contracting out so am I right to presume that on um, the expiry date of the lease that the lease ends right, so if you've got uh, security of tenure if you've got a 1954 Act lease, the tenancy continues regardless of what it says in the tenancy. So if the end date is, let's say, the 1st of April 2021, I know we've passed that date, 
despite the fact that we have passed that date, the business tenancy will continue until such time as either the landlord or the tenant takes steps to serve a statutory notice. So in, th in theory, this means that the tenancy can go on forever, although once the contractual term has come to an end, there's nothing stopping the, the tenant from, from actually leaving the premises. And so the statutory notice is fairly important. Um, one has to give a minimum of six months but can't give more than 12 months notice and either party can serve the statutory notice. If a, if a tenant serves the notice he can ask for a new lease of the property and propose the terms and if the tenant serves that notice then the landlord has a limited period within which to object to the grant of the new lease and that, that's a two-month period. If the landlord serves the notice they can either they confirm that they intend to grant a new lease and propose terms or they can oppose the grant of a new lease on a limited set of criteria. And then the service of the statutory notice by either party starts the clock ticking. So if a tenant doesn't agree with the terms set by the landlord, or if the parties don't reach an agreement uh, within the, the time frame or an extension of time, or the tenant doesn't issue a court claim, then the lease will come to an end, and with that, the tenant's statutory protection. Okay, are there any specific tactical reasons why one might serve a notice at a specific time or I mean there's there's always tactical reasons of course I mean it would depend uh, on the facts of the of each particular claim once a landlord serves a notice that will start the clock ticking for the tenant if a if a tenant doesn't issue a claim in time then or, or doesn't get an extension from the landlord then they're going to be out of their statutory protection and so I suppose the landlord will have a, a stronger bargaining position. I mean, you look at market conditions as well, I suppose, are relevant because certainly with landlords, if they've got higher than market rent, they won't want to serve a notice bringing the lease to an end. They're happy to, to continue accepting that rent. Uh, and similarly with tenants, if they've got a below market rent, they may not wish to exercise their statutory right to an extension and may wish to continue under the existing lease. Okay. You briefly mentioned contested and uncontested claims. What's the difference? Well, today we're talking about uncontested claims where the landlord doesn't oppose the grant of a new lease. I, I think the contested claims are... <laughs> there's a lot to talk about there, so I think we'll have to save that for another podcast. But that's essentially where the landlord wants to oppose the grant of a new lease. Okay, so whoever serves the notice presumably sets out the terms they wish to renew on and then the parties will have time to negotiate on them terms. That's absolutely right, yeah. So once the parties um, set out the terms, yeah. um, negotiations can start straight away? I mean, you tend to find that negotiations will start before the service of the notice. And in a lot of cases, the parties will have been in discussions through their surveyors, uh, maybe their solicitors, or even directly trying to agree terms. And they may have been successful or partially successful, and then one party takes a step for whatever reason, to, to serve a, a statutory notice. Is that because of the deadline you, know, you mentioned in the notice? Yeah, maybe to uh, put pressure on a tenant. Maybe a landlord is, has been trying to agree terms and they've reached deadlock or whatever, and, and this will uh, enable them to break that deadlock. And what happens if the parties haven't been able to come to terms in the period allowed by the notice? So that's, uh, I mentioned that briefly earlier, so if a deal can't be done before the end of the statutory notice period, then the protection afforded to the tenant comes to an end. So the landlord will be able to uh, apply to the court for a possession order, take that possession of the property. So I think one of the most important 
things to take from this. Even though a tenant or a landlord may issue a claim, it doesn't prevent them from um, carrying on in negotiations. Uh, I don't think that's the most important point to take. I think the most important point to take is don't miss the deadline. But you're, you're absolutely right that uh, once a protective claim has been issued, you can absolutely continue negotiations. And one tends to find that a lot of these claims are settled uh, well before they get to court. Certainly in my experience, and I think in, I'm sure a lot of people would, would agree with me on that, uh, who deal with these on a, on a, a regular basis. So they tend to be settled between um, solicitors' parties or maybe mediation, arbitration? So generally it will be the surveyors who, who take the lead on, on certainly the rent. I and mean, we'll talk in a moment about the most common disputes between the parties, but certainly as regards the rent, which is going to be a pretty big dispute between the parties normally, the surveyors will take the lead. And then everything else, I mean, it can be dealt with through surveyors, it can be dealt with through solicitors, but there's also the, uh, well, there's also court, so you, you could end up in court and you could find um, a judge making a decision as to terms of the lease or, or the rent. Um, but also there's uh, the PACT scheme, which is an acronym, stands for Professional Arbitration on Court Terms. It's, it's a joint scheme between the RICS and, I think, the Law Society, but it, it can be used for lease disputes and it's effectively the parties submitting to an arbitration in which a surveyor will be appointed as the arbitrator or as an expert and what will happen is they will make a determination of the terms based on submissions by the respective parties. Um, if they act as an arbitrator that will bind the parties and it will then hopefully resolve the dispute a lot quicker and a lot cheaper than going to trial. So in terms of disputes, I suppose one of the most common ones um, would be rent. Yeah, you're absolutely right. In my experience, um, it's generally what the parties tend to fight over the most. Yeah, that's unsurprising. So in terms of court proceedings, to deal with issues of rent, mm -hmm. what would a party have to show and what would they have to rely on? So both parties will rely on expert evidence of the surveyor in order to argue the position in respect of rent. And, and also interim rent as well, which I think we'll, we'll come on to. In fact, we'll come on to it now. So interim rent is the rent that's payable from the end date in the lease until the start of the new lease. So, you know, this sort of deals with the issue where a tenant may be holding onto a lease for years and years and years, paying below market rent. And then the landlord says, well, hang on a minute, I should be entitled to a fair market rent for that period. In many cases, it'll be the same as the rent under the new lease and they'll have to pay effectively the difference between the old rent and the new rent um, as a capitalised amount at the start date of the new lease, but that's not necessarily always the case. Are, are there any other clauses that or terms in the lease that parties may dispute? Well, rent review, um, that's going to go hand in hand with the rent. Yeah, I suppose the term. The, ter the term is an important one. So you'll find, well, the court, the court has a power to grant a maximum of 15 years. Um, but beyond that, it is ultimately in the judge's discretion. So you're going to find different parties coming to court with different requirements or needs. I mean, institutional landlords who want the security of you know, rent being paid, uh, pension companies, things like that, they'll want 15-year leases, knowing that they're going to get their rent over that period. A tenant running a, a shop may only want a five-year lease due to business uncertainty, you know, and they know at the end of that five-year period, they can go and renew it again. And the start date of the lease is going to be the date 
on which the existing term ends. So that's usually three months after the claim is disposed of by the court. But the parties can agree separately a new start date. I suppose that will go hand in hand with break clauses as well. Uh, term, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because uh, well, from my experience, some tenants, especially with um, small shops, might be more risk averse. And I've had clients before who may be nearing retirement and they might not necessarily want to enter into a 15 year lease. Mm -hmm. um, or if they entered into, say, a 10 year lease, they might want a five year break term. Yeah, I mean, it's a balancing exercise, isn't it? And I think if you look, if you're a landlord and you're pushing for a 15 year term, and a tenant may not necessarily be agreeable to that term, maybe the middle ground is that there's a, there's a break clause um, which can be exercised by the tenant after a period of time. And, and, and equally, you find that the court conducts that balancing act. Um, we have, as I said, we've parked contested claims for another episode, but if a landlord gets pretty close to challenging the grant of a new lease on, on one of the contested grounds, uh, but just falls short at the last hurdle, it may be that the court recognises that they'll have a successful claim in a couple of years' time, and rather than having the parties back in court fighting it over again, uh, what they will do is uh, they will make an order that the lease contain a break clause uh, for development or, or whatever whatever reason. And, 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 and equally, a judge likely to be more flexible as regards the term and the uh, break clause. You know, if, if a landlord or if a tenant is pushing for a short term, Maybe that, you know, maybe the, the way to, to find common ground, or not common ground, but maybe to determine the matter would be for a, a break clause uh, to be put in there for either the landlord or the tenant to exercise. Yeah, that was really insightful. In terms of takeaways? Well, why don't you uh, Happy to. I, I tell me what you've learned today, or, well, <laughs> which you already probably knew. I think uh, one of the most important things for me is the 54 Act provides a right of renewal. Uh, to all business tenants who are covered by the Act, except in certain circumstances. We've briefly talked about contracting out. Yeah. And there's some agricultural tenancies and uh, tenancies where the employees... Yeah, and also the, the grounds on which a landlord can oppose a grant of a new lease. Yeah. Um, also, a protected tenancy will continue until either the landlord or the tenant serves a statutory notice. Yeah. Once the notice has been served, if an agreement cannot be reached, the tenant must apply to court within the date stated within the notice. Uh, otherwise, they'll lose their right uh, to a new lease. Mm -hmm. And if they do require a new lease, the landlord may have a stronger bargaining position. Yeah. I think finally for me... Well, I think, sorry, just to be clear, that they will have a strong bargaining position because the alternative is the tenant's out. And so the tenant may not even get a new lease. Either they'll be offered on extortionate terms or, I mean, it depends on the landlord, of course. It would be quite interesting to know how the current market, market conditions, yeah. especially with coronavirus, yeah. may have impacted some cases. Yeah, I, I mean, landlords probably don't want to have empty shops at the moment, but certainly around here, uh, there seem to be shops being snapped up at a rate of knots. But a couple of months ago, there were a lot of empty shops. So, so yeah, it depends on the market conditions and the time. Yeah, a absolutely. few months can make a massive difference. Yeah. Um, also, parties can agree terms, um, submit to ADR yeah. or arbitration, like you spoke about with PACT, uh, or ask the court to determine terms. I think that's a, a, a good summary of, of what we've discussed today. Okay, it's goodbye from me, and um, speak to you next time. Goodbye from me too. Thanks very much, Alex. Thank you. Thank you.